Mama. A word that we all know, a word some of us hear a thousand times a day, and some are anxiously waiting for. It's a title accompanied by immense joy, deep loss, and hearty laughter. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Marin. We love mamas, and we love your strength and your sacrifice. We honor your easy days and the days where you hide in a closet. Because we have them, too. We know that moms need moms, and that's where we come in. And the best part is, you can show up in your messy buns and sweatpants and we'll never know. In fact, we're probably in ours too. We hear you and we want to connect with you. This is your community. So welcome to our sisterhood. Welcome to our circle. Welcome Welcome to to the Mama Hood. Hey mamas, welcome to this week's episode. I'm Marin, sitting here with Aubrey, and we are so excited to be interviewing the Beckys the <laughs> from Beckys. the podcast Cultivate a Good Life. I'm so excited actually for this because I had the chance to meet them back at Alt Summit. When was that in March? That's when we met. Yeah, yeah. was it March? Yes, yeah. March. Oof. I know. I loved. Ha- I loved getting the chance to meet them, and they're in town right now, so we got a chance to snag them on one of our episodes, and we're so excited to have you guys here. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Okay, so I'm sure you guys all know your documenting guru Becky Higgins. Her and Becky Pro- Becky Proudfit. Sorry, I pronounced your name wrong. She's really totally offended. <laughs> I'm so offended. I remember yeah. talking that to you about your happens. last name. Yeah. At all. I love it. Um, it's fine. But I love your guys' podcast that you guys have started together and just everything you guys are doing. So maybe for those who don't know about your podcast or everything that you do, maybe give kind of a brief sure we're always happy to talk about our podcast (laughs) yes we are we love it so much and when I say that I actually mean that it brings us real joy like we really find joy um in in doing that work because much like you guys I'm sure we feel such a greater purpose in it than we can even like articulate or even put our finger on sometimes and it's a beautiful work so it's called cultivate a good life and it's found everywhere just like yours is probably and um and it really is a wide variety of topics that range from everything to do with family marriage children parenting all that to personal development to the specialty that i've held tight to for over 20 years which is documenting which now becky has really fallen in love with that aspect of her life and just all the in-betweens I mean, well, yeah, we talk it's about everything, literally anything that can help you to be happier and more fulfilled and intentional in your life. Yeah. And we Honestly, laugh a I lot. I want you guys back for a, a documenting episode. Oh, we I would. Know. We yeah. could talk about that. Oh, now that I live long. long days. Yes. But we have a great time on the podcast. We really do. We laugh a lot. And and there are a lot of feelings that are felt um, across the board when people listen. It's a good time. It's a, gr- a good time and it's really meaningful and really helps people to cultivate the very best life that they choose. I love that. Thanks Off for doing the that. outline, how did you guys, how are you guys, how did you guys find How do we know each other? So. <laughs> so. so <laughs> there um, I was. So, okay. <laughs> there I was. So, I mean, here's the so short we, version. We your love about story that is my brother-in-law who's like the most funny, dynamic guy ever who we, we both know and love so much. He, always starts off his stories and he like instructs everybody else to do so that you say so there I was and that like sets up your story really <laughs> I didn't know that that's where that comes from everything I swear everything funny in it. my life comes from Mike yeah like, I, have I know absorbed he's all of the best funny little that isms. Is you have to know that he was like the driver on a trip that we recently took together to Italy with our husbands there were four couples and Mike the same brother brother-in-law was the driver of this massive van going through the most <laughs> narrow streets in Italy oh, we almost died 14 times true story but not a scratch on the van like it 
it was are you serious epic. awesome it was epic anyway yeah. so there we were <laughs> so there we were we actually had a lot of similar friends yeah um and this was this was before i was diagnosed with cancer and um they were always saying like oh have you met becky higgins yet and i was like no i used project life the app that that becky um developed and I loved it, but I didn't, you know, I'm not really from the world of scrapbooking, so I really didn't know who she was professionally. I didn't, I kind of knew who she was-ish personally, but we, we had never really met up. But there's one in particular friend who said to me with that same question, how do you, like, how do you not know each other? How do you not know her? You like, guys are going to love each other. Yeah. How have you not met? Yeah. And, and she's a great common friend, so I actually yeah. trusted her. You know, and I'm sure you did Thank too. Goodness. Thank I mean, for goodness. Sake. <laughs> so we met up um, yeah. at a conference at our church. Yeah. It was like our first meeting. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. love at first sight. Love at first sight. So there you are. Well, we have, um, you know, friends, our, our kids go to the same school. And so we have kind of those intermixing circles and those yeah. spheres of influence, if you will. And so, um, but then, you know, to make a long story short, really this past year, when I was going through a lot of transitional things with my business that I've been running for 10 years and just kind of um, contemplating changes and things like that, one of the things that I felt really like truly divinely directed to do and really felt in my heart of hearts that I was supposed to do was a podcast. And um, I resisted it because of some other really hard things that were going on. Cause I'm like, where does a podcast fit when I've got this right. really hard thing going on with work? A lot of hard things actually. And, um, and it was just so undeniably exactly what I was supposed to do that if I didn't do it, like shame on me kind of feeling because yeah. it was so, so obvious um, that I was supposed to do it. And, And I felt really inspired to do that. But then it was like two seconds later in my life, I felt just as strongly that Becky Proudfit was supposed to be my co-host. Mm-hmm. We were just friends. Like That's this it. could have gone horribly wrong. This could, go, like, this could have been the worst idea <laughs> ever. ever. Yeah, but it wasn't. It turns out that God actually knows what He's doing. Right, and right. That, you know, inspiration is very, very real, and I didn't ignore that prompting. And that's listen to the story in our first episode because it's really kind of interesting how the whole thing unfolded. But the point of all of this is that you just don't you just don't ignore inspiration. You just right, don't yeah. ignore it. And and yeah. I didn't and she didn't. And we instantly, instantly, both of us individually and collectively felt so inspired, so inspired in all of the fullness of the ways. And it was just a no brainer. It was like yeah. nothing was going to stop this train. Nothing. I love that. Yeah. And so we did it. We launched it in October of 2018. And it's been insane and wonderful. And we are not. And we're never going to end. We're never going to end. We're going to reach it. four digits in yeah. episodes. Heck yeah. I anyway, love that. thanks for asking. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's amazing. We have a really similar story. It was very inspiration based as well. And I think it's because um, podcasts have been huge for me in my motherhood with feeling Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about motherhood loneliness today. And they've helped me with that a lot to not feel alone. And um, listening to voices of other women is huge. And yeah. so I do it is. feel it's like, empowering. yeah, mm-hmm. there's a reason God wants this. And mm-hmm. of course he's going to inspire us as women who have the ability and everything to, to do it. Yeah. So that's amazing. Thank you. Um, so I love talking to moms who are a step ahead of us. I like to say, Ooh, because that's it's, what we are. Guys, <laughs> yeah. that's really cool. Just all of a sudden. Old well, because I, I love it for two reasons. One, I, 
it makes me excited for the future years of kids. Mm-hmm. Versus you should be. Yeah. You for sure should be. I dread them all the time because I'm just like, oh, I've been waiting for this baby stage my whole life. I love it so much and never mm-hmm. grow up. And so when I talk to moms that are a step ahead, I love I love it yeah. because it just makes me excited. And you've I, survived it. So right. And then that's the other reason, like, did. you made it through. Oh, you know what? I feel like I, you know, we, we've talked on, on the episode coming out on our podcast, but I had kind of a hard time in young motherhood. Like, uh-huh. I felt really isolated. I um, dealt with some postpartum anxiety. Um, it was not, it was an amazing time. I hate to, like, discredit and say, like, there was no joy in it. That's not it. Like, it was an amazing time, but it was really, really difficult for me. And mm-hmm. I will say that like now transitioning into teenagers and raising teenagers, it's still difficult, but it's way less physical. Like it's less, I right. feel like, I felt like I could drop dead every night when I have little kids as oh where now with, yes. with teenagers, yes, I'm still busy and I'm, you know, it, it's still difficult and, and challenging in its own ways, but it's not that like, I don't feel complete depletion. Well, they're anymore. not, the children are no longer physically dependent on you the way that they were Correct. at the stages that you guys have with your children. Right. Like it's just different. It's yeah. differently, uh, or it's different in terms of that sheer exhaustion that you feel in young motherhood. That's very, very real. That's actually the, the one thing, the singular thing that when I think back to my young motherhood, like babies, I think of sheer exhaustion and I have a lot of great memories and joy and all of that. And I Mm -hmm. didn't have the same anxiety or depression that a lot of mothers have dealt with, but my trials were different. Um, But, but that sheer anxiety was the one thing that if I could go back and do it again, I would do everything in my power to be properly rested as Mm -hmm. best I can so that I can feel so many things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This time around with her, this is my third baby. Um, fatigue has been like my biggest struggle and yeah. I it's funny because I feel like we don't talk about it because we're like oh everyone's just tired everyone right? does it everyone makes it through but it is it feels like a disease it, when it's bad I always really joke does. that if yeah. people wanted to torture me like mm-hmm. stick needles be, in yeah. my eyes that's fine but like if you keep me awake for several days mm-hmm. like that would be the worst it's so uh-huh. hard I have to tell you young moms and to anyone listening the day that your oldest can babysit like I almost I haven't up. even thought about I that I almost choke up That's thinking true. about it like your life your motherhood everything totally changes because now you have an out like if you need to go get groceries or if yes. you need an hour to like without having to go pick a babysitter yourself, up mm-hmm. it is that was seriously a turning point for me in my wow. motherhood see this is why I like talking to the moms of step ahead yeah, you like here's ahead. yourself a paper <laughs> chain <laughs> in your house I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm on a countdown it lines every wall yes. my oldest is three um so on every episode we do wins and fails and I just want to hear from you guys either a win or a fail that you can think of either recently or just in your motherhood journey as a whole something that comes to mind both okay. of you should share one who with us. you you or go me? <laughs> mine mine's pretty heavy um I will I will share this because you know as you asked that I would love to think of just a funny funny fail or a funny win but really like you use the word fail and so like I just I didn't know that that was coming and so when you first said fail like this is what instantly popped in my head and I I also really strongly believe that fails are beautiful learning experiences. So right. this isn't fail as in regret. This is fail as in I'm so grateful I had this experience so I could learn. Mm-hmm. I am also the, the girl that sees every glass as half full. So there's, you know, that perspective <laughs> that. always. But um when my I have three children, my oldest is now 16 and my youngest is 10. But when my 16-year-old was really little 
all. And um, he threw a tantrum. He did something naughty. I don't even know. It doesn't even matter. But he did something that just you, every young mother needs to like not pretend like this doesn't happen where you get angry angry yeah, it's right full yeah. on rage like full on rage you right? go like code <laughs> red I yeah. don't blackout anger yeah <laughs> that is my one step ahead uh-huh. like look forward to this is uh, and this might just be a personality thing but I truly don't like I don't have that very often or I didn't have that very often and now I really just never have it I really don't but when my kids were little and I felt so little control over like mm-hmm. some of their behavior and their choices which is funny to say choice as if they like really knew what they were doing yeah but anyway so Porter had done some, something really naughty but it was like cumulative where I had like a legitimate reason to be you know angry but I remember being so angry at him and yelling and I'm not a yeller I just don't I just don't like the feeling of that I don't like it but I yelled and I said something and I was just mad and whatever I did in that moment I remember turning the corner and I was picking something up off the bathroom floor or something but I came up and I saw myself in the mirror and this is why it feels heavy because I will never forget what I saw in the mirror and it wasn't pretty. I mean, I was flushed, right? Shade of pink. And I just looked awful. I looked, I looked angry. I looked like a, an angry, mean mom, which is not who I am. And it wasn't who I was, but mm-hmm. I was having the moment. And I, I really, I will call that a fail that taught me Um, something really beautiful is I knew in that moment that's not who I am that's not who I want to be and I think that's probably why I'm not a yelling angry mom because I I caught myself yeah I think if any of us had a hidden camera on some of our behavior we'd change a lot of things or even listen to our tone of voice right yeah absolutely so how about you Beck so but I have to say I feel like that's a little bit of a win though because you turn I mean that probably was a a shift in it was a, lot a shift of that you've done. It changed my perspective on mm-hmm. how I was as a mother. I, I love that. it so much. I just want to say really quick, like I, one of the most impactful things I've heard was an, an episode of another podcast where it talked about how it's their day too. It's our kids day too. It's mm-hmm. not just our day that right. they are interrupting. It's yeah. also their day and their life. And just to that same similar point, like that's what they're looking at when we're yelling, that's what they're seeing. And um, I just feel like that's such a good perspective. Like, what are they seeing? What are my kids experiencing? Well, and I yeah. and I will take it one step further and tell you the piece I left out that I should, it's very instrumental in all of this too, is I apologized to him. Yes. I owned up to it and said, mm-hmm. honey, I am so sorry that mommy got so upset. And that's not how I feel about you. And and I owned it. And I think that that was pivotal in terms of my motherhood, my motherhood as far as being apologetic owning up and making sure that they see you own your feelings and the actions that you take because if you don't then you're modeling for them that it's okay to shove your bad behavior under the carpet right actually it's not like that's not okay it's better and more healthy for all of our relationships and our well-being for us to just own it and it shows them that you're human too and mm-hmm. I feel like that's so needed. Our kids need to know that we are vulnerable, that we mess up, so that yeah. they feel like they can come to us when they mess up. Yeah, that's right. It's amazing. For sure. Yeah. We could stop right there. I know, right? <laughs> Let's keep going, though. I want to hear Becky's win. Okay, so mine, I'm going to call it a win. It's probably a mixed bag. But um, a lot of what I have been dealing with over the past two years as a mother is this notion that I, I didn't realize I was doing this, um, but 
sometimes I will put my worth as like a human being, as a mother, as a woman, as a woman on like external success factors of my children. Mm-hmm. So for instance, I have teenagers. I have boys, I have girls. Every child I have, like they're just from different, they're cut from different cloths, huh? Every last one they of them sure is are. so They come different. as they it's are, awesome. that's for sure. Exactly, right? <laughs> and um, and I had, I had a lot of fear associated with like how people perceived me as a mother, like if I was doing a good job, if, if you're doing a good job as a mother, doesn't that mean your kid cares about getting straight A's? Like, why doesn't this kid care about school? Like, I don't, like, he'll do what's required, but why doesn't he care? Why isn't he, like, mm-hmm. being self-motivated? Like, what is wrong with me that I'm not teaching him well enough where he wants to do these things? And that manifested in, like, a thousand different ways, you know, here and there. And I had to really untether myself from um, tying my self-worth to the success or what I deemed or what society or whoever deemed as like the success of my children. And I had to break it down to like, my job is to love them. Exactly who they are, where they are, what they're at. It's to provide them safety and love always. Mm -hmm. And that totally changed everything. The reason why I'm calling it a win is because my 12 year old who has a really, really severe ADHD, um, he is actually like quite a little brave child. And genius. And he's a genius. Also. So he, we have um, a time at church where people are given an opportunity to, to speak. And he did this probably six to eight months ago. And I totally tried to discourage him. I sat there like dying inside, like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared. Like, I'm so afraid of what he's going to say. <laughs> and it was fine. But um, he did that same thing again this week where he wanted to like get up and share something at church. And I still had fear, but I didn't have terror. And so it, that forward motion kind of showed me like I'm having progression with this. Like yeah, I really am. Steps. I'm making I'm making progress on on this vulnerability as a mom and being able to accept myself as the exceptional mom that I am, regardless of anyone else's expectations or what what they feel me or my kids or my family should be. Mm-hmm. That's my win. That. It's a huge win. That's massive progress that has nothing to do with Jameson. It's all you. No, it was yeah. totally Isn't all that me. Cool? We could do a whole episode though about not making your kids' behaviors or your kids' abilities reflective of you as a mom. Absolutely. I don't know where we, where any of us ever thought that like if we did A plus B, it will always equal C. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we can't we cannot discredit the value of learning through failure. And yeah. some people can like learn from someone's words and never have to encounter failure or hardship. Most people do the most effective learning when they're in those situations. And so it's so funny how we put that expectation on our kids of like, Mm -hmm. no, you're gonna feel and know my experiences and never pass through anything ever. (laughs) And how dare you if you like fall down because that's just not acceptable in our family, right? I'm gonna add that just because I already knew that about Becky and it's one of my favorite things that I've learned from her is that she really learned that because her husband called her out on it. Oh, he called me out And I just wanna like give a shout (laughs) out. They are so good at that, right? My husband. And that's what I was going to say is like, here's a shout out to all of those good men who who don't hold back and who lovingly and with respect help the woman that they love the most understand what she could understand a little better to be closer to her potential. And that's what Taylor did for Mm -hmm, you. And that's and now because he did that, you are able to share that message that has had a huge impact on me. And anyone else who hears that message. So, like, go husbands. Way to be really, awesome. Though, I, yeah, I can't count the yeah. amount of times my husband has been the one to be like, you're doing this and it's not okay for you. It's not okay for them. It's not okay for me. And, I mean, what would I do without him? 
Yeah. I pretend, right? I, right? I pretend I don't need no man, but I, t- <laughs> I don't need no man. <laughs> I don't need no man. I don't need no man. <laughs> that's good. I um, think, though, too, like, you're just with all, both of your stories, I ca- it kind of connects with what we're talking about today, too, because you kind of go through this identity crisis as a mom. And there are those times where you feel like you're just you're it's lonely and it's you're trying to figure out who you are and I love that he brought up that as you know it's the worth of a mom I mean it's just hard yeah. to pinpoint that for yourself mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um so since you are these moms a step ahead and I feel like one of the things that our community really struggles with because we're these moms in the trenches you know and we're we're at home all day long with our babies and everything something that we really see a lot is this idea of a lack of connection of um, am I ever going to have friends again? Am I ever mm-hmm. going to get out of my house and be social again? Am I ever going to get ready? Am I going to put makeup on and like go, you know, am I, when am I going to have friends? And so um, I just wanted to, I know that you guys have some, some really great tips and pointers that can speak to this, to what these moms that are listening to our podcast need to hear. How can they form better mom connections? What have you found in your years of motherhood on this topic. I'm going to preface it and just say we like a good list. So you know we do. <laughs> we love lists. Yes. We do. Lists so we've are got, great. We've got, <laughs> yes. some, we've got three solid tips that we yes. want to share. So I go to um, this conference in a series of classes every year. And I started going when my kids were still young. And it was a really big struggle to like <clears throat> get myself out of the house to do it. But it was so <clears throat> impactful that now I go every year without fail. And one of the classes um, I took was taught by this professor named Michael Goodman. And um, he was talking about this. He was talking about isolation in marriages, isolation in relationships. And he he said, I don't know how else to say this, so I'm just going to lay it down there. He said, women, you guys are so focused on presenting this image of what you think people want you to be or what you think you should be this facade and he said now here's where the problem comes in is you totally have friends you have communities you have people but they're attracted to that facade and so when you find these friends that are attracted to the facade we have these feelings of shame inside of us because we're like well if they only knew they would never want to they would not they wouldn't want to be my friend they wouldn't Mm -hmm. love me they wouldn't think I'm worthwhile and when he said that I was like it like slapped me in the face. Hmm. And I was thinking, am I am I doing this? Like, is this something that I'm doing? Am I really isolating myself? Because I'm a very social person. I don't have problems connecting with people. But I will say that like, I don't have super deep connections with many people. It's really hard for me to, to trust enough to gain those really, those really deep connections. And so I had to look at that. And what he said next, he said, ladies, you need to let your freak flag fly. Because when you do that, you are going to be attracting the people who need your light, who connect with your soul, who know the real you. And those are the relationships that give us that deeper sense of fulfillment where we're not feeling alone. Because you can have friends and have relationships and still feel alone because you're not connecting on that really deep level and so our first tip is sisters let your freak flag fly let the world know who you are i love that be open be vulnerable share your truth and don't be afraid of how the world perceives you you can totally be open and and create relationships that are meaningful because when you have those meaningful relationships and it may just be one person you don't have that intense um 
intense sense of isolation. Mm-hmm. I think with that too, I think a lot of the isolation um, for me came because I was like shameful of things I felt or things I was going through that I felt like weren't the right thing to be feeling at that time in my life. Right. And, um, and when you let your freak flag fly and you're open, you connect with the people you need to, the shame goes away and you help a lot of people. You let people help you and you help a lot of people. You sure do. And I think that's something that's really worth mentioning in there is that it is really very eye-opening when we take a minute to get introspective and recognize when we do have fear about certain things, specifically how we're being viewed. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us, especially as women, um, we we think a little too much about other people's thoughts about us. Well, because I and want people just, to think I'm awesome. I want people to think I'm like the literal best mother on earth. You literally <laughs> like, are the best human on the earth. Really though, I'm like, I want to be like the pinnacle, right? And I don't know why. Like, I don't know why I thought that for so long. Like, I want people to really think I am amazing. Yeah, you have problems. Well, I worked through those problems, <laughs> thankfully. No, we it's all true, do. And social yeah. media plays into that a lot. Absolutely. Like. Um, and as to why we try to, to curve ourselves to look or be like somebody else. So, I mean, I love this tip. I hate that social media runs so much of what we what we perceive or what we put out about ourselves. And I think... We need to put more vulnerability and just let ourselves be us. Right. For what it's worth, we did an episode not too long ago called Be Smart with Social Media. And it talks so much to women about what we each have the responsibility to do with social media. And the answer and solution does not have to look like getting rid of it, but being more responsible, more thoughtful, more intentional with it. And so that's a good one to check out. We go in and we dive deep on that topic. So, yeah. Okay, so our second tip. Our second tip, now you're gonna have to bear with me here. The second tip is to use your kids. What? So, (laughs) I found myself being in isolation, and I am a totally friendly person who has no trouble connecting with people. I, as I was isolated for a long time, it almost became awkward, like I felt like I was going on a first date with someone, like. (laughs) It really does. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so what I did is I would use my kids about like, oh, well, we're going to this play group or my kid would love to play with your kid. Do you want to meet me at the park? Like I almost mm-hmm. use them as a defense mechanism mm-hmm. of like protection. So awesome. But some of my best friends have stemmed from that, that being able to like do something um, with the kids. I've also found that um, I had a really hard time when I had young kids taking time away from my kids to go on girls nights or, or typically things I would like to do. Like we were just too busy and I wasn't comfortable with like, what that would do to my family or what my family would have to give up so that I could go do that. Like it just wasn't something that was working at that time in my life. And so my friend Amanda, who's one of my very dearest friends, we came up with a plan because we're like, we can't go out to lunch because that means the stuff that needs to get done at home isn't getting done and that didn't feel good either. So we made this plan that our two girls, so they became kind of best friends through this, like I used my kid to like make a friend Mm -hmm. and we would go on Wednesdays and we would go and clean her house top to bottom and let the kids play. And then we would go and clean my house top to bottom. That's amazing. And we did this all the time. It's so cool (laughs) because at the end of the day, like you've had this great day with a friend, your kids have had a play day. Your house is clean. Oh my it gosh, like that's such a good idea. Box. It's genius. And we did it for years because neither and one I of us I bet if you had good. Uber Eats back then, oh, Uber Eats would have all, been delivered. We did include <laughs> a lunch in there. Like <laughs> We would make lunch at one of the houses. But it was great because it, it kind of rid us of the guilt of like what we would have to give up in order to like make this 
time together a priority and mm-hmm. it was it, it just worked for us at that time yeah I love that so much and I I feel like in a way me and my best friend kind of do that similar thing but with grocery shopping like yeah I don't want to deal with going to the store with my three kids by myself but how about we go with our six kids instead <laughs> you know oh I thought you were yes. gonna say like drop them off I know <laughs> still can't brave the grocery yeah. store <laughs> Do you know what? We have a grocery store in Arizona that has childcare, and it was what? way more expensive. And for like two years, I literally was like, I don't care if it's a hundred more dollars a week. Like this is so worth it. I've and never so even I would drop heard no, of that. No, that's a that's smart, awesome. such a smart grocery business that's model. Amazing. Yes. Okay, our what? third, our third tip. I'm not going to even tell, name it yet. I want to tell you an experience I just had recently, um, and. I, I'm the mom with the step ahead, right? So this mm-hmm. is, <laughs> yeah. it took me this long to figure something out, but I um, we've shared about this openly on our podcast. There's a two-part series that we did called The Anxiety Attack That Saved My Life. And mm-hmm. I had something, ex- this experience with anxiety and this specific episode happened recently that really saved my life and changed my life for the better because of the, the things that I learned from all of it. And the reason I'm sharing this is because what I had to learn that I wish I had learned sooner was to make sure that in all all of the investment that we do as mothers, especially the investment in our children, the investment in our children's teachers, the investment in our children's playmates and friends, and it goes on and on. I think it's really, really easy to overlook the relationship that we have with ourself. And the eye-opening experience I had with this specifically was that I actually, I met with somebody who was talking through some of this stuff with me, and she asked me to list my priorities And I started with God, and then I went straight to my husband, and then I went straight to my children, and then I went straight to so on and so forth, right? Kind of talked about the priorities in my life. She let me just kind of talk all this out, and then she showed me, she was taking notes and showed me this like, you know, list, and she's like, where are you? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that I didn't Put my that I'm supposed to put myself on a mm-hmm. list of relationship priorities. And mm-hmm. so that's the tip that we would share with you here is to make sure that you are spending time investing in that relationship with yourself. And not just the relationship with yourself, but yourself, just mm-hmm. who you are and your health and your wellness and your well-being. And that's mental, that's emotional, that's physical. And at this point, you might feel overwhelmed because I'm like throwing a lot, all of, all of this at once. But the thing is to probably pick something like so for example if you know that your mental health is in a rough patch right now you almost need to set other things to the side for a minute it doesn't have to be a life sentence but you need to almost set things to the side for a minute so that you can focus on getting help um, doing something that brings you joy finding a hobby outside of motherhood things like Mm -hmm. that Um, And it really is baby steps. Nobody can fix all the things overnight. Mm -hmm. And yet, as women, do we not have that mentality sometimes? Sometimes we get so excited or inspired about or depressed about um, fixing everything. And we have, you know, this world full of wonderful um, resources like great podcasts and books and, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, resources just in general that we feel like I can fix everything and I can be a better human tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Or take a breath, sister, step back, think about one baby step that you could take that gets you well in an area. For me recently, it was my physical well-being because I saw and realized that it had a direct impact on my mental and emotional happiness and ability to thrive. And that's actually what led to the anxiety attack that we talked about on the podcast. But um, I took some time 
and really focused on my physical health. Now, my story is different. Most of your listeners might be in a little bit of the younger motherhood stages um, where my youngest is 10. So I don't I my life doesn't revolve around naps and breastfeeding schedule and things like that. So Mm -hmm. I get that it's a little different. But the point would be to apply that principle to your world right now and whatever that looks like. So if you are struggling in one specific area that you know you need help, whether it be spiritual or mental or emotional or physical or you know one specific relationship like that of that which is with your husband or whatever, pick that thing and work on that, but don't neglect yourself. You can't, you can't afford it. Because the second you go down that rabbit hole of neglecting yourself, it can spiral into a place that you just, you don't wanna see. I'm grateful for the place that I saw, that dark, crazy, low place, because I learned so many tremendous lessons from that. And so it truly, that's that's why it's an anxiety attack that is a gift and that mm-hmm. it saved my life. But I don't think that should be the goal, right? There's yeah. ways to prevent that and there's also ways to climb out of it. I think that women, as women and as mothers, I feel like we need permission. Like we want permission to like go and yeah, do this, like invest do. in yourself and to, to spend time making sure that you're healthy. So if anyone out there needs permission, you got it. You, you got have it. permission. Here it is. We say this all the time on the show. We will email you a permission. Yes. Sign Take and care of by yourself. <laughs> yeah. But I think too, like we, I mean, we're always the last person to think of like your priority list but how better would we be able to take care of our family or be able to, I I feel like self-care is kind of a buzzword right now. Mm -hmm. And it's because people are trying to make that a kind of a thing. But I think we've talked a lot about like soul care, like what you're talking about, taking care of you, your soul and whether that's spiritually, mentally, whatever it is. Um, But then it allows you to have better relationships with God or your husband or your family or taking care of everything. It's the opposite of being selfish. And I think that there's a danger in some people getting so turned off by that buzzword of self-care and it's about me and take care of me first. But the me reality time, is, yeah. like, if you don't, if you, neg- if you neglect that, which I really, I did. I'm 42 years old and I just went through that where I spent a good solid year being so ridden with anxiety and stress and burdens and without even recognizing that I wasn't taking care of myself. Well, duh, of course I had an anxiety attack, right? I see that now. And so I I appreciate an opportunity that we have, you know, to be able to have a conversation about it because you can prevent that by just taking care of yourself and making sure that if somebody were to sit you down and ask what your priorities were, that you are at the top. And, and honestly, if you're a religious person and God is at the top of your list, I believe that your relationship with yourself goes hand in hand and is very instrumental and incremental and um, intertwined <laughs> with the relationship you have with God. It's like one I and the that. same. I love that. I was going to ask you, where do you go? Like, where you, are it's you? It's you and God, right? It's, it, is, it is kind of one and the same. And then from there, I'm not going to tell anyone else what their priorities but should be, but from there everything else right but you've got to put yourself in the list and at the top it has to be at the top how I mean this is just kind of question for myself selfishly but like what does that look like when you're trying to take care of babies and the demand is so strong I mean when there's no time to do that I mean what's what's something maybe you've done in your life that have that has kind of helped you maybe it was a small thing every day or something just little that helped you at least feel that. Yeah, I remember um, pretty well actually, and I've always worked with babies, and so my situation might be a little bit unique, but that necessitated um, help. I needed help. 
And so I, I, there was no way for me to stay sane and pursue something that I felt so passionate that I was supposed to do while also <laughs> doing this other thing that I also loved and was passionate about doing, which was motherhood, right? So working mom, like there's a lot of yeah. your listeners, I'm sure, that are working moms. Um, the, the step that I took and that my husband and I agreed upon was that in order for me to, to do both, I needed to not pretend like I could do it all. And so I got help. I got help, and if you think you can't afford it, then work out a trade, but get the help. So for me at that time, in this season I'm specifically thinking of when you asked the question, that looked like having somebody come over a couple of hours a day for a few days a week, and she removed the kids physically from my space. You know, I would close the office door, for example. I would be able to focus on getting the stuff done that I felt like I needed to do with the work so that when she wasn't there and I was in mom mode, I was a present mother. I wasn't perfect at it. There were boundaries. That, I mean, working from home is just hard, right? Yeah. Lots of gray in there. But I was better at it. Laundry. I had somebody for a season come in and just help with laundry because while I could do that, my kids were too young to be helping at that stage. Mm-hmm. It was one thing that I knew that somebody else could do. And that that's now we're getting into business talk, but I'm telling you, like, if something that you are doing as a working mom can be done by someone else, that is an investment or a trade that would be well worth exploring mm-hmm. without guilt. My soul. Yeah. Stop yeah. with the guilt. Why do we do this? <laughs> I don't know. Let it go. Yeah. That's like the biggest thing that I could advise a young mom who's trying to balance and juggle and you feel like you are supposed to because not everybody should but if you feel like that's what you're supposed to be doing just can you just like set that guilt to the side kick it to the curb smush it into the ground rub its face in the mud and be done with it because that's what can help you actually feel good about pursuing other things Mm -hmm. in addition to motherhood or being a hundred percent here right as opposed to three percent everywhere that's right (laughs) well and that's totally true that's what i kind of want to bring up um kind of piggybacking off what becky said is i think a lot of times i hear people say well i can't that doesn't like that doesn't work in my life that doesn't the bottom line and the truth of the matter is is if something is really important to you you're going to intentionally create your life and make space for that and so if this is something you need you have to make it a priority. You can set up your business. You can set up your schedule, your kids' activities, your whatever it is. There is always a way to set up your life. So make sure that you are being active and choosing the things in your life and not having things chosen for you. Like you can create whatever situation you want in your life. Mm-hmm. So I make sure that you're creating it with intention. Well, and to I your point, that. I think that's really easy for a lot of, especially younger moms who are in the thick of raising their babies and stuff as they lose sight of, it's easy, we did that, I'm sure. We lost sight of that power that we have in making choices that we actually get to own the choices that we make to create the life that we want. And so just remember that that's actually the power that you have. It's a superpower. You already yeah, have it, it. You just need to like tap into it. it. Yeah, tap into it, let it show. Let the well, go. I'm relating this back to like making connections with other moms and motherhood loneliness and everything. There have been times in my life where I have felt quote unquote lonely as a mom. Like, oh, I'm not going and doing this cool fun activity that these moms are doing or I didn't get to go to that activity or why didn't whatever you know but then when I really sat back and thought about it I was like do I really want to do that or would I have rather been doing something here by myself or with my kids or with my husband or would I rather have been taking that time to to work on something else and to me that was one of the biggest cures of this motherhood loneliness thing is realizing like you know what? No, like 
I didn't need to go and do that. I can be happy here doing this other priority or this other thing that matters to me more. And I don't need to let social media or whatever else is making me feel left out um, affect my happiness. That's a phrase too lately is FOMO. Mm -hmm. And my sisters talk about all the time. And I don't necessarily have it because I feel like I've become happy with where I am or what I'm doing. But I think it's a thing that a lot of people struggle with. It is. It is. And the question I would pose um, about FOMO, if you are feeling FOMO, which a lot of people do, what is stopping you from creating an event? What is stopping you from inviting people to do things? Right. And when you say event, you don't mean like I don't mean like on make an, an event. Yeah. I'm saying like if, if people ex- are going yeah. out to lunch, like a girls' night exactly, or whatever, and yeah. you're feeling left out because you weren't invited. A, don't assume that that was an intentional thing because 99.9 percent right. sure that it was not. And next, what if you just wanted to go out to lunch and called people and said, "Hey, I want to go out to lunch," or if you heard they were going and said, "Hey, would you mind if I came?" Right. And I think having that mentality of you could if you wanted to right. switches your whole exactly. You got to get out of that victim mentality and start being proactive. Create situations where you can connect with people. Mm-hmm. And if you're not being invited and people are not bringing you in, then be the person that brings someone else in. Yeah, that's exactly why our message is constant in that we each have the op- the opportunity to cultivate a good life. Cultivating is creating. It's really it's an action word. It's, it's an not, action word. Yeah. yeah, it's not a thought. Like you actually take action on the thing that you want to have the life that you want. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like if if you are feeling lonely, if you are feeling FOMO, um, I I don't want to make light of it, but I almost want to also just lovingly shake you just a little bit and say, and what are you doing about it? Yeah, because we can all play victim really mm-hmm. easily and be like, well, we weren't invited or I feel sad or I feel left out. OK, like and let's get over yourself. And like now, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And it doesn't mm-hmm. have to look like creating or cultivating an experience or an event or coordinating that. Or, yeah. yeah. Like you don't have to be the one that like orchestrates the play date or whatever. But to Becky's point, that is a solution. That mm-hmm. is an actual actionable Solution, mm-hmm. like just make it happen. Yeah. Or if you feel like nobody's calling you or texting you or talking to you on Marco Polo or whatever, call them, text them, talk to them on Marco Polo. They might be feeling the exact same way. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think oftentimes people are. And as we get into raising teens, this is something mm-hmm. I know Becky and I both hear a lot is like everyone's hanging out and no one's calling me. And then you talk to the other moms and they're like, well, my kid came home and said no one's calling them and no one's hanging out with them. Like it's all these kids feeling the same way. Yeah, but if you would just be the one to reach out, you would fix that for yourself and other people too. Exactly. And then you're cultivating a good life for everybody else. There you go. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So there you go. (laughs) One, two, and three. That's right. Those are awesome, you guys. I love that. (laughs) You guys are amazing. And we're so, I mean, this has been so fun. Our listeners will know, too, that we were able to go on your show. And um, we're able to just kind of spend, like, the afternoon here with you guys. And it has been a total blast. So tell our listeners where they can find you online, where they can find your podcast. Where do you guys live in the internet world? Absolutely. So (laughs) the Cultivate a Good Life podcast is found anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And so that's a really easy searchable thing to find. Home base for um, the company is BeckyHiggins.com. But we are both very individually active and having a blast over on Instagram. That's our favorite place in social media to hang out. So we are Becky Proudfit and Becky Higgins, LLC. And we would love to have you join our party and be a part of our conversation and be a part of our community of, um, you know, like-minded women who really truly are seeking to cultivate a good life, share that light with other people 
and it's just a good time. Is it that, is. Is that like, did it I say is. it it's right? It's really fun. <laughs> and everyone, you know, that whole buzz thing that's going on, everyone's invited to sit at our table. But really, that's what I feel like this podcasting world is. It, it is. It gives you a chance to have relationships with people they wouldn't otherwise be and able hang to, out so. at the hotel right? with our babies I mean <laughs> they're giving us better. a nap after this so that's why we're really here <laughs> I know right it's awesome <laughs> well thank you so much you guys are the best our pleasure thanks thank for having you. us on the show you guys are doing great work 